to that foster girl, Kira B. Thank you guys for joining. And I want to just tell you guys that this podcast will be talking about the mental health, men's mental health specifically. And I do have two interviewees that will get on here and let me not talk too much. Um, Let's get right into it. Thank you. Um, Let me let them introduce themselves. <laughs> Today is the topic of um, mental health, if you guys didn't know. Um, if you could introduce yourself. Well, I'm James. <laughs> um, James Everett, uh, CEO of Sub-Zero Collective. Extremely intelligent man, not real smart. Let's go there. Hey, that's dope, that's dope. Uh, my name is Louis Michaela. I go by Louis Blades. That's L-E-W-I-E-E Blades. I am an artist, entrepreneur, and author. I'm the founder of the M4 Collective, which represents new mindsets, new media, new leadership, and new narratives. It's an honor to be here. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I appreciate y'all for being here. So, tell them, um, I mean... What what are y'all like? What what are the companies that you guys are representing? What are, what are the, what is the focus? <clears throat> um. Well, the M4 Collective is an artist cooperative. So I work with a collective of creators to engage them into collaboration and also provide a bridge for artistry and activism. Um, We've hosted workshops, we've uh, facilitated conversations and and hosted events. And the values that um, our four powers represent are the practice of self-care, the practice of self-confidence, the practice of self-expression, and the practice of self-worth. And and really- Zero Collective, we're over 25 years old. Um, we specialize in economic growth, community enhancement, and political progression. Our mission statement is Sub-Zero is a co-op of individual talents and expertise whose objective is to be a working model for economic growth and community enhancement and political progression. So we, um, so our youth are here team, the outreach team that was in the schools, um, that was one of our original pieces that we did, um, the youth bus, um, radio shows, TV shows. Yep, that's how I know you. <laughs> no, keep going. Now I was saying that's how I, that's how that's how I know his name. That's how I, said, I know yep. James. <laughs> yep. I was saying was M4 Collective is an artist cohort um, that is created to uh, value creative collaboration and provide a bridge for artists that want to use their um, talents as a form of activism in our communities. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, my question for that is, um, like, what, in what way or form do you think um, the mil- the mental health plays a plays a role in your organization? <clears throat> well, I'll go ahead, brother. 
um, yeah, I, I was going to say, we, we believe um, everything starts with the mind. Okay. Um, with the way we think, it alters the way we perceive ourselves and the way we perceive the world. And we understand that um, we are healing from generational trauma that is instilled in our bodies and also from our own lived experiences. Um, but one thing that we value is our talents and our purpose and our passion. So um, we advocate for not always viewing ourselves from a, from a trauma-informed lens, but also viewing ourselves from a talent-informed lens. And one way to be able to do that is to shift our mindset, to change the way we think, to change the way we view the world, and to be conscious of what we are consuming. And that's why the first power in and for our new mindsets. That's why we begin with that. I like that, I like that. Yeah. Well, my interest is post-traumatic slave syndrome is a major part of um, how we deal with things. And I deal with things also from a mass psychosis when the majority is crazy, um, when the things that we do are madness and, and we've been raised to do them. Um, when society is continuously bombarding you with concepts and things you hadn't even considered. Like when Bugs Bunny says, wait a cotton pick a minute, who the hell was picking cotton? And why was it <laughs> necessary to acknowledge? Um, I deal with, so post-traumatic slave syndrome, uh, I was one of the people that introduced that, Joyce DeGrye Leary to Minneapolis, um, the woman who wrote the book about it. Also, um, youth violence is considered an epidemic and then right behind that COVID happened, which was a pandemic and an epidemic on top of each other, which in turn means that um, when we're dealing with this situation, we have to think about it from that perspective. Like, so what my company would do around the violence, besides doing the outreach and things, um, we started this about 10, maybe 15 years ago. Now that we've moved past outreach, our solution would be using the U of M's research about the North side and the African-American blood that came here from Gary, Detroit, Chicago, St. Louis, and declaring the African-American men in these areas an endangered species. Exactly. Based on the bloodlines that they have and giving people double life for murdering one of the individuals that are in these gangs or anybody taking one of these gentlemen's lives. Our blood is, is rich enough to research on a national level then our blood is also good enough to preserve. And so declaring based on youth violence being a public health issue, uh, an epidemic and COVID being a pandemic, that's a state of emergency, which is a perfect space to declare um, the black men of Minnesota an endangered species. Those are the type of things that we deal with as a company, is how to make these things a reality when other people run out of solutions. There's also a machine at the U of M. Excuse me, like I said, I'm in the bathroom. I'm sorry. <clears throat> um, there's also a machine at the U of M that can detect post-traumatic um, uh, PTSD. And so what we specialize in, what we've been working for the last five years to try to do is get them to bring that machine to North Minneapolis so we can test kids in North Minneapolis for the same thing. If, if, if you have a machine that can tell that um, military vets have post PTSD, then can that same machine tell that same thing about African American kids growing up in the inner city? Mm -hmm. And so we've been working with the U of M to get that there. But what people, what people don't understand is, is that if they start testing for um, PTSD in our youth, that, that can change um, 
the direction of funds and everything. So we specialize in moving the pieces of the culture that will change the future for the most folks. That's what you should do after you've been in it that long, you know? Yeah, exactly. Do you uh, feel like if that was to happen, that um, many, you know, young... Some of that makes sense? Yes, yes it does. Can you hear me? If that was to happen, um, do you think, uh, like, many people would, like, go and try to do that? Or do you think it would be forced? Or, like, what do you think about that? I think that our convictions, we have to deal with our people from our convictions. And I always say to people, when you deal with it like that, you got to realize that Black people like white folks and we put up with white folks and we're cool with white folks yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Negroes look up to white folks for their systems and countries. They may sign in orders and all that, which is fine. But niggas worship white people. Mm-hmm. Meaning that niggas is a bi, bi- culture. It's, 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 a, it's a subculture of white, not black, because it worships white. Right. Because they give, nigga give. You could get more. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, I totally agree. Most definitely. And um, I, I would like to um, piggyback off of that and, and, and say that that's some very intentional work uh, because us as M4, um, one of the things that we acknowledge is the um, the programming that exists, right? Like the simulation in this reality and for how easy it is to consume unhealthy information, um, not just information, but also foods that we eat, which also contributes to our mental health. Um, and to really find, to really get to a point in like where we are becoming um, conscious of what we are putting into our bodies and also challenging ourselves to change our behaviors, patterns and our attitudes with the way we present ourselves so we can create a more nurturing and loving society um so so that's huge to be able to deprogram ourselves from the toxic um attitudes that exist in this world yes okay how do you think many people i mean don't like put pressure on i feel like men's mental health is not really spoke about um more than women depression it's it's more of a women thing for people, you know, for them to be more emotional than a man is. What are your thoughts on that? Um, absolutely. Um, my thoughts are that um, men, um, over the course of time, it's been hard for men to express their emotions or be in a state of vulnerability. Um, that's often been viewed as a sign of weakness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and one thing about a man, we understand that we are the protectors, we are the providers. So um, there's a sense of needing to stay strong and to keep our head up all the time and to not allow our women or our children to see the man mm-hmm. down or depressed because it's, it's more of a um, sign of power. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that does become unhealthy if we are in need of a space to to feel whole and to share, you know, our sacred narratives with each other as well. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of it 
um, is also like um, the culture. And by culture, I mean, you know, um, like hip hop and, and media mm-hmm. and news outlets and, and what's being shared and projected into our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I believe those are some of the things that's um, kind of put, been a barrier and men being able to really um, advocate for our mental health um, as, as well. Absolutely. Do you feel like it can change, though? Like, uh, like I see so many different things on. It's it's like seems like it's more easier for me to easily just go and get, you know, get help or something like that. You see, you see like all of these different things, but you don't see it for men. Like it's not even seems like it's not even an advocate advocate thing like I don't see it going but I'm, I'm not a man myself so I wouldn't know you know what's all out there for men individually like that so do you feel like that like you know there can be um, a circle of that or do you feel like that'll ever change or <laughs> most definitely most definitely i feel like it could change I, I believe it starts with you know um people like myself people like yourself people like james yeah. Everett, who is just on here yeah. um to create more spaces for us to have these conversations and mm-hmm. then the next side of that after we have the conversations to create more spaces for men to mm-hmm. come together and fellowship um to build with one another mm-hmm. um there there are huge barriers right and another thing that i forgot to mention is that um, um, a lot of men aren't really tapped into their feminine energy. Okay. Um, I believe in balance. I understand that us as, um, as entities, we have feminine and masculine energy in us. However, um, there, there's been like this sense of gender roles that's existed in our lifetime where we feel like women are feminine and men are masculine. And that's just the way it is. When indeed that's one of the lies that we've been told, and this is what I mean by deprogramming ourselves from from the lies, because um, the reality is that um, I have feminine and masculine energy, and, and once we understand that, I feel like it, it opens up our mind even more to be more thoughtful and considerate with the way that we interact with um, our divine feminine energies as well, mm-hmm. and um, so more spaces like this will help change that also i believe when it comes to men's mental health that that is our responsibility mm-hmm. it's not our woman's responsibility yeah we we also can't forget that the the systematic um the systematic oppression and, and systematic racism has played an effect um even looking back at the days of slavery with the way that the colonizer would you know beat and kill and strip the identity of the black man and eventually in america have there were intentional policies put in place to um remove the black man out of the household of our woman and i truly feel like that's what um broke our families apart right when Mm -hmm. like i said the man is the protector and the provider but if you remove the man from the house my check my check yeah i caught it that time but yeah, if you remove the man from the household, then you, you remove that protection and that provision in a household as well, which um, played an effect of 
our women struggling to provide for themselves and ultimately depending on the system to help them. And then when the system stepped in to help, they said, we can continue to help you. We will help you even more if the man is nowhere around. So all of those things played in effect. And now we have a huge um, demographic of men, a huge population of men that are now dead, that are now in jail and out here on the streets. It's a false narrative that in order to survive you had to have a you had to have um that it's a false narrative that in order to succeed we have to be in entertainment or in some kind of um sports field when indeed black men can be doctors can be lawyers right so um just being able to highlight those those other narratives that do exist um to provide new new pathways of success for for our black men and when i speak on mental health i'm speaking about black men um because i feel like we we are under attack us as a culture are under attack holistically as we know um and it's not a it's not a matter of black and white um because i do have you know white brothers and sisters who are soul brothers and sisters who are open-minded and understanding um but we already know in the black culture when it comes to black men um it's a lot of us that's that's at that's not at peace with ourselves and we're not at peace with each other. So I believe that would be the bridge to help change is when we truly could come together and unite and see the reflection of ourselves in one another. I agree with you. I, um, I wanted to say something about, um, you said basically like men's with their, basically with their emotions and um, not being vulnerable not being able to do you know be that and i i feel i understand what you're saying but i still feel like if that wasn't put into play like if they didn't feel i guess like that um a lot of things in a like a family probably would change a little bit just in a narrative of you could see you know you could see daddy being strong and and a little bit of his soft side too and it may it may read off for the son or the or the little or the daughter in a different way on how they go about things in life and um how they treat people in life because just because the this is just like how the mom has to be both if the daddy's not around why can't the you know the uh father do the same <clears throat> absolutely yeah. absolutely you hit it right right on the spot with that yeah. you know um and and another thing too um is is, is men being able to feel comfortable enough to share to how we that. feel with our you know communities without um <laughs> being condemned or judged as well yeah. um because nowadays i feel like as a black man in america i'm always walking on eggshells and I have to be conscious of sharing my own thoughts and opinions in the yeah. space um, when, when I could be viewed as, you know, um, a person that lacks respect for others. When, when that's not the case, then my, my story is very different because I am an artist. Yeah. Um, I, I am a man that um, was raised by women. So I, I, um, it makes it easier for me to be emotional and vulnerable. Yeah. However, it became tough when I would show show those emotions and get told like I'm being too sensitive or 
you know, I'm too emotional and things of that nature. Um, it, it make me want to put my tough face on, right? So really it's an ego thing as well. Us as men, we have to understand how to befriend our ego, not necessarily kill the ego, but befriend the ego and, and understand when the ego is trying to trying to get the best of us and to be more in tune with, with our intuition and our spirit and, and to um, just be free in the way we think. Um, and, and I believe that that helps us be more acknowledgeable of the way that we may cause harm to others and also the way that we can spread love to others. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And just like, it's it's just crazy how this, how this world is coming. I mean, it's not crazy because it, it's, it's been said that this this what is going on now has been it was going to come around like and it's a and it's not even supposed to get better it's supposed to get worse so i mean like from from knowing that and you know trying to like not ex, not try to like be like oh um why is this happening and why is like you know, why are people shooting up stores and shooting up schools and things like that? Um, and wondering, you know, like, it's, I feel like um, people need to uh, wake up a little bit because it's, it's not like nothing new. It's just something that's becoming a frequency, I believe. And people are not putting it in their head that this is real. So, <laughs> so it's absolutely. Just, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but absolutely, and that, that that frequency is at at a low vibration. Yeah, and um, like I said earlier, that was very intentional. It was intentional for colonizers to capitalize off our culture of hip hop, yeah. you know, and, and and invest more money and investments into narratives and messaging that isn't healthy for our success and our well-being. That was an intentional strategy. Mm-hmm. Literally, the, the, um, the hip-hop, the, um, the new meeting of hip-hop in 1991, right? So mm-hmm. we talking about decades of trying to heal from not only generational trauma and enslaved days, <laughs> but then when we begin to get our power back, you know, to have things like Black Wall Street be destroyed, mm-hmm. to have powerful leaders be assassinated, all those acts instilled some kind of fear into our community and made us mm-hmm. feel like we we shouldn't fight for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. See, even seeing what happened to the Black Panthers when they rose after the deaths of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, right? And to see how they were extremely terminated as well. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's always, it seems to be an enemy that's always working against our success. Um, however, we have to be able to overcome that fear you know, and, and walk through that fire and really and really recognize our value, you know, because we are amazing beings and we are extremely powerful. Um, and I think it's, it's like I said earlier, it's a mindset shift, right? Like mm-hmm. you can be told you are a slave, but you're not really a slave unless you believe you are mm-hmm. a slave. Yeah. So it's really just that that trust. We have to be able to trust in ourselves and believe that we are more than what folks have told us that we can be. Um, and, and once we do that, 
that's how we change our our um, vibration and our frequency and we can raise that to a different frequency and uh, really be in tune with our energy i think energy is something that's not valued enough we don't recognize how our energy transfers to others we don't recognize how we have the power to control our energy and we don't recognize that energy is the true currency we value all these materialistic items we value cars we value jewelry we value money um, but we don't put that same value and respect into our own family, yeah. our own elders, our own children. And energy is the true currency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they said money don't grow on trees when we grew up. You know, all these false narratives that I had to deprogram myself from believing. And um, I recognize now that I am abundant. Like if I want to be a millionaire, I can be a billion. I can be a millionaire and I will be as long as I put my mind to that mm-hmm. understand that the true Hello, and this message is brought to you by Mental Health National. You can find them on mhanational.org. I'd like to read you some fun facts about suicide. The highest suicide rate in the USA are found in Caucasian men over the age of 85. Male suicides have been on the rise since 2000. Suicide is the seventh leading cause of death among males, accounting for 2.2% of all male deaths in 2011. Gay and sexual bisexual men are more likely to develop men mental health disorders than heterosexual men. Gay males are at an increased risk for suicide attempts, especially before the age of 25. Gender disparity. More than four times as many men as women died by suicide in the USA in 2010. A total of 38,364 Americans died by suicide. And over three quarters, 79% of these suicides were men. Risk factors. Factors including social isolation, substance abuse, unemployment, military-related trauma, genetic predisposition, and other mood disorders put individuals at a higher risk for suicide. By the way, this is brought to you by Mental Health National. And you can find them on mhanational.org. Hello, and thanks for listening. And for all you out there with mental health, if you need to get in contact with anyone, call 211 and reach your nearest person that can help you. Have a good one. I I like to tell my folks to protect themselves on all fronts. However you view that protection, or whatever feels secure and safe for you, then you need to value that and you need to Make sure you invest time and energy into that um, divine um, security that that is needed, especially when we're dealing with the system, you know, because the system could hit us from all types of ways. Um, I've been stopped by the police for no reason before. And and literally, like, the, 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 the reaction to it is automatic. My body is tense. My chest is tense. You know, sometimes my palms sweaty, literally. And and that speaks to the generational trauma that exists because I'm not just traumatized in this moment. 
but like my spirit, my soul feels that from my ancestors who were stripped from their homeland and, and brought over here on ships. And some of us even jumped off the ship and, you know, we came here, we were separated from our families and, and it was colonizers um, who, who were the perpetuators of this, right? We can't let our own people get off the hook neither because some of our people were mingling with these folks and, and set and set our own families up too. So um, all skin folk and kin folk, and we, we have to be conscious enough to feel the energy because real recognize real. So um, your intuition would never lie to you. I, I'm big on that. Um, when things just don't feel right, we got to have enough power to detach ourselves from that energy. And, and um, yeah, that goes back to the protection. That's how we protect ourselves. Cover your ass. Absolutely. <laughs> I like that. Where did you come up? Where so did I that say like, mm-hmm. Also, I want to say, like, as an activist on the scene as well, um, it most definitely um, boggles my mind to see how much time and energy we are willing to put into a movement that is advocating for justice for black people mm-hmm. as it relates to us being um, killed and tortured by the system. Right. However, I do not see that same time and energy into the movement uh, when it comes to our communities um, destroying our own communities. I I believe that if we focus more on us and what we are doing and we can change those negative things into a positive. So. Yeah, if we could change those things to a negative, from a negative thing to a positive outcome, um, then that will um, help change our narratives. So really just focusing on us. We've got to do more for us. Um, uh, I think that would be, a, you know, the true key to our success as a, as a community, as a nation. Okay, so say um, you're, you said that. Um, so say someone is coming out of prison um they're trying to get their life together and like you know i mean it's kind of it's it's resources out there but it's um hard for someone that's been incarcerated and trying to get their life together what would you recommend for them like as a black man like i mean what what yeah like, so yeah what what like path or what how would you you know what would you tell them like because they can would, get right back out I'm sorry they can get right back out and you know fall into the same thing they went you know went to jail for because they they feel like they don't see no other way out <clears throat> Mm. Absolutely, you know, and I actually work in this field when I'm when I'm not making music. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a big oh shit. Yo yo yo, back in the place to be. All right, you can um, I f- well we were going off on something. Oh, on the prison system. Yup yup yup, most definitely. Um, so yeah, I was saying that's actually the field that I work in. I work directly with young people that's currently incarcerated. Also work with young people um, that are out on probation. Um, and 
uh, really, you know, what I do, um, I, I connect with the individuals on a personal level, um, get to know them as an individual, get to know their, their family background and, and see what kind of support system they do have. And then I offer myself to be a part of that support system and just really, you know, connect, you know, connect those individuals to other, you know, um, people in our community who are survivors of this system. Because although there are a lot of us who have fell victim to the system and um, who, who tend to not really see the way out, there are a huge, you know, population of folks who have been able to see the way out and make positive changes for themselves. So being able to have individuals like that with that lived experience coming in and touching the minds and, and bodies and souls uh, of our young life and, and not just our young life but our community as a whole um you know they, they just have to see it in order to believe it so so when you can connect them to somebody who has walked that life and who has made that change that um is more relatable and that's real right it's different from sitting in front of a you know, a, a, a white therapist or something who don't have any lived experience of being from a certain community or even any kind of experience of being incarcerated. We need to get the ones who have actually walked that walk and talked that talk so they can um, provide that, that knowledge and information and that guidance to the next individual who just simply need a hand up. You know, we got to be able to help each other. Um, Absolutely. So my um, I was gonna say um about, do you feel like blacks and um, blacks versus white men, do do you feel like uh, one goes through you know trauma more than the other, or do you feel like um you you don't you couldn't really say, or you, I don't know. Can you put some thought on that or? <laughs> uh, I feel like, like I said earlier, I, I, I don't necessarily think this is a, um, this is a battle between black and white. Mm -hmm. I think it's a battle between what's wrong and what's, what's right. right. Okay. Uh, what's wrong and what's right. And on top of that, black people, we need to just stop hating ourselves. You know, we we need to start loving ourselves and we 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 can be better, you know, we can do better. Um and that's just what I believe. I believe the power is within us. Mm -hmm. You know, like one person, you know, one person could be upset for, you know, not having shit, not being rich, but at the same time, that person didn't put the work in or didn't put the time and energy and effort into you know reaching that success that you want you know some people talk about it and some people be about it um so i think us as black people like i said we just need to stop hating ourselves you know and hating each other because because really that's that's what's really tearing us down you know um yeah. i'm not intimidated by you know no white man that's that's out here i, I understand my worth i understand my power um the only thing that intimidates me is seeing another black man that doesn't understand their own power, you know, um, because I understand that that's a, you know, that's a blind sight and, and that's a, um, that's a um, scary path to walk. You know, I used to walk that path myself and I didn't like where it got me in life. You know, it, it got me behind bars myself. I had to overcome that obstacle to get to where I'm at now. 
and really it started with the you know my mindset like i said the new mindset um and then it shifted to me being conscious of what i'm consuming and how i'm growing me understanding my value as a leader in this community and then being able to see the unlimited options that exist in my world and, and not having like a monolithic perception of like i only could do this i only could make it out by doing this yeah. right like that's so there's so many ways we can be out here getting to it and it's enough for all of us um we, we just can't allow our egos to take control and we can't be having this hierarchical hierarchy way of thinking where it's like i need to be on top and everybody's up under me because mm -hmm. essentially that's not our culture that's not our community that's not our history that's not where we come from we come from more of a circle of life where we are coming together in this round portion um and it's like a flower you know we are seeds in a garden and we have to water each other with that love with that respect with that compassion in order for that flower to grow and we got to understand the kind of sunlight that is needed right that light that exists within our soul like that light that fire has to burn that's why my name is louis blaze that's why i always tell people to keep blazing because you have a light to you um you have to let it show and what is beautiful about life is that people inspire people so even if somebody don't see their own light you will run into somebody in this life that can see it for you and that can be a guide for that we just have to trust each other enough to to respect that relationship and, and, and move forward and build together and heal together and feel together. Absolutely. Lastly, but not least, um, uh, what what are some advice you would give to like the young a young black man or even a, a old black person that may be listening, or just anyone in, in general uh, about um keeping up with their mental health and like things they can do um things they can do uh to help with their mental health <clears throat> I, honestly my favorite advice is to not take no damn advice okay oh wow uh, yeah, my, uh, I, 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 I would say follow your intuition, you know, follow okay. your heart, um, find what it is you are passionate about, right? Take your talent, your natural born talent that you have and invest your energy into that, invest your time, invest your resources into that talent, into that passion, because that will lead you to your purpose. And we have to be able to identify with our purpose, with our passion and find peace in this life. So um, that's my message. Right. Understanding our birthrights. You are valuable. You are lovable. You are powerful. You are important and really believe that and hold that narrative sacred to your heart. Um, and um, like just practicing that lifestyle, speaking it into existence and then understanding that faith without works is dead. So not only speaking and talking about it. But when you wake up, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Did you even get enough sleep at night, right? Are you taking care of your hygiene, right? Those those first simple things to self-care. Um, and even though we got to work and provide to understand that we need time to just rest and just be at peace. I'm big into meditation. I'm big into the yoga. Um, those are two forms of self-care for me. When I can just ease my mind and kind of silent out the thoughts and, and the distortion from the world. 
Um, so that's that's what I do for myself. And then for my for my passion and my talent, I make music. And, and I know that I have a true gift with creating music and, and being able to create a safe space for other loving, talented people to come together and showcase their art. So that's what fuels me, you know, but we all are unique. So find what it is that is true to you and just be true to yourself because the truth hurts, but the truth shall set you free. Okay. You heard the first from Lewis. Um, uh, if you could let them know your uh, handle name and um, just uh, where you're from. And then um, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you. Most definitely, most definitely. Thank you once again for having me. This is a very dope conversation. I love what you're doing here. Like I said, we need more spaces like this. Um, and I absolutely love when, you know, women create spaces for black men to speak about our mental health as well, because that shows that we, you know, we got some sisters on our side. You know, I feel like um, our sisters kind of have lost faith in us. Well, not all of them, you know, but uh, a huge majority of our sisters have lost faith in us. You know, kind of feel like they don't need us anymore. It's a lot of no-nothing-ass beings out here. And that trauma is real, you know. But I want I want our community to understand that we need to stick together in spite of the, the trauma, in spite of the um, negative entities that are out here trying to drag us down. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you very much for this space. And yeah, everybody, y'all can find me. Stop snoozing, G. Go Google me. That's L-E-W-I with two E's. Don't forget the Blaze. It's Louis Blaze on all social media handles. You can go to louisblaze.com. I'm born and raised from the Twin Cities. You know, South Side, we outside. Minneapolis, North Side. Over, even this, you know, I graduated from high school for court and arts. I lived over here in Frogtown on the East Side. I've pretty much been everywhere. So that's why I rep the Twin Cities heavy. I'm loyal to the soil. Um, and at the same time, we also global. We are everywhere at once. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast for today. And you can check me out on social media at the real Kira B. Again, that is the real Kira B on Instagram. And also get in tune with yourself in um if you need anything. With the dealing with mental health again, call two one one and you're you should get in contact with your nearest provider or nearest services near you. Thank you and tune in next time.